you feel like you're running life through the motions day after day? Do you feel sluggish with little energy to be able to spend time with your family? Do you feel like you're just not living up to your full potential? What if I told you you could transform your life through mindset and movement? Here on the Ecala podcast, you'll be inspired, be motivated, and be able to take action to become that best version of yourself. The Ecala podcast is for those who want the opportunity to better themselves through health and wellness. Here you'll learn tips from experts in their field, hear inspirational stories to help uncover your full potential. Now, are you ready to transform your life? Welcome back to the Ecala podcast. I'm here with Shelly Evans. She is one of our CrossFit coaches, our bootcamp coaches, and she's really been a longtime member of CrossFit of Fremont. I wanted to bring her back because she has so much knowledge in CrossFit, working with other people, and I wanted to share that with you all. She told us on the last episode how she's an electrical engineer, how she got into CrossFit and helped with her anxiety. The CrossFit helped with her anxiety to battle that and um, helped her to become more would you say efficient through the day? Yeah, definitely functional. <laughs> yeah. So before we get started, I have a hang loose segment where I just pull out a random card and just ask a question of what it, it's asking. So we'll just start with that if that's okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Okay. When you were, when were your parents most disappointed in you? That's oh, what's asking. Oh, I didn't meet my father till I was 28 at all. So I only grew up with my mother. But my grandparents played a huge role in my life growing up. So I would say I had three parents, not just one. Uh-huh. Hmm. I was a really boring, non-adventurous kid. I, I still, to this day, don't drink a drop. I never snuck out. I never cut school or anything. But, oh, what stands out to me? <laughs> I guess when, um, this is silly, but I was home alone really young because my mom had to like, you know, work and raise us and stuff. And one day, I, I don't remember what age I was, I just decided to go to a friend's house after school and I never called and we didn't have cell phones then. So you couldn't just find your kid uh-huh. uh, digitally or anything. And uh, it took her a while to find me. And I think I finally remembered to call her at work and say that I was somewhere else. And I got grounded. And to me, Michael, I had a goal of never getting grounded, got grounded. And so you snuck out. Ultimate. <laughs> I'm so, I don't have anything super. So did you sneak out again? Never. I never did. I mean, I came home late as a teenager because I liked to hang out, but we were never out doing anything that she would have been disappointed in, but she didn't like when I was home late. I mean, she just was, she's a very anxious person too. So she would just like to know where I was at what time. Any parent, I'm a parent. And I tell my, my daughter too, I just need to know where you're at. But now I can just click a button on a phone and find out where she's at. And my mom couldn't do that. (laughs) You know, I would say when, when I was in high school, my mom always got up to go to the bathroom like once at night. So my goal was to be home before she did that so that she wouldn't like page me and find out where I was. It was never negative. So I don't know if I had any other disappointing moments. My grandfather was disappointed in me often, but it was just more that none of us were him. You know, he was a literal genius and had very high expectations and none of us were smart enough. And so if we ever made a mistake that wasn't wise to him, we heard about it in a very distinct way. So that happened through. Uh, in high school for me 
How funny. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you, you uh, thought of something, even for me. I'll have to uh, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> These are hard questions. Uh, yeah, I could even read it out. <laughs> but um, I thought of one for my grandmother that might have been a true disappointment. But I, I was going to a school she was working at, which was kind of expected to be a better education, but it wasn't in my district. So I wasn't living a very good life, not sleeping very much, getting up way too early, trying to do all my activities and gymnastics and homework. And uh, uh-huh. I just really preferred to go back to my own district. And we decided before we told her and she found out through a friend of mine before we said something and she was extremely upset. So that's the only thing I can really. The two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about your experience coaching. Cause you've, you've been coaching for a while. You've, you've been in CrossFit of Fremont for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what, well, or first off, why do you enjoy coaching? I think it's just kind of what I touched on the last, the last um, set of questions that like, I really love watching people, especially with a good work ethic, you know, they really have this drive to get better at something. And if I can help them from the ground up or even improve a little bit, I love seeing the results. It's the most amazing thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing it in others even more so than seeing it in myself. I mm-hmm. love watching people start from something that's very hard for them and then work really hard to get there. Um, so I guess that's why. And also with gymnastics and being an engineer and really understanding physics, I don't love the class so much, but gymnastics is like watching physics work. You know, if, if somebody makes a mistake on a leading, like a round off, which is a lead up skill to a good flip at the end. They have a really bad round off. You can see that the flip is not going to go well. And I can see that ahead of time where any average Joe sitting in the audience watching their kid, they're like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> see what happens. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to go bad. Or, oh, yeah, that's going to be good. And CrossFit's the same. I, I notice when I'm coaching somebody through progressions, um, I have an eye for why something isn't working. And I think it's because of this play with physics that I've always done with my eyes. <laughs> Engineer brain. Yeah. yeah. You use that. No, it's helpful. Yeah, and you you recently, a couple of months ago at least, um, did a pull up uh, workshop where you're teaching yeah. progressions, and you know, because there's a lot of people that say, you know, they can't do a pull up. How do you how do you how do you do work and um, be on a program where you could get a pull up right. and start stringing them together? So mm-hmm. that was a that was a fun workshop and uh, really helpful. So thank you. Yeah, and now we have boot campers we spend wednesday mornings doing gymnastics skills and we have two now that can do pull-ups that couldn't before and that's pretty awesome mm-hmm. I, I spoke to one of our members ashley recently too and she's like i'm able to do pull-ups now she's so excited oh. see and then that's where it's uh when you hear that when their exhilaration their excitement of uh accomplishment it really makes you excited too right so i think that's the addiction also you know i deliver the information and i can only give them so much i can't give them a guarantee because it's ultimately up ultimately up to the athlete to say, I'm going to choose to do this extra work. And you can't just not do the extra work and then complain. You don't have something you can complain, but you can't complain if you don't get better, if you don't do something about it. So that tells me that she went and applied. Mm -hmm. She learned and she worked on it. And now that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a part of it too, is like understanding your why of why, why do they want to be able to do a a pull-up? Right, And then that's going to help you to motivate or them uh, why they're going to keep working on it. Yeah. Um, so everyone's different on their why, right? So, yeah. so can you think of a couple examples of someone that you've seen really, you know, starting from the ground of no experience at all with working out strength 
you know, and then for them to be able to ex- now excelling in um, the sport of maybe CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, I can think of one of our morning members. Uh, I don't know how much or how little workout experience he had before, but when he came in scaling everything and really learning movements from the ground up and now he's doing all of these workouts prescribed weight and he's just, he's gotten, he went from no, from ring rows, you know, no pull-ups at all to stringing them together. I, I think he's been with us maybe three years. Um, but really watched him go from almost nothing. And then um, I don't want to say that in a negative way. I just know that he had to scale and really learn everything from the bottom, you know? Well, he stuck with it. So um, so when you say scale, it's a, like kind of like modifying a regular way to do like a pull-up or uh, right. a, a, a set of a two revolution jump rope doing um, even there's some people that just do a, a jump, a hop or a, a jumping jack. Right. Right. And, and, that's the thing. I don't know what kind of athletic experience he had before. He may be a former athlete of something else, but I think watching him just progress and he never missed the day unless he was sick or on vacation. He just was always there. He's really fallen into our core group in the morning, you know, and um, he's, he's, he's so uh, quiet. You don't know that internally he's really pushing himself. And so we all kind of caught up on that and start pushing him a little bit more, add more weight. And we don't do that to everyone. Of course, we definitely are very cautious about who we're just screaming at and, you know, if we can see that, oh, that looked pretty easy, we probably could handle a little bit more than we mm-hmm. did. And now he's starting to do that on his own and, and really kind of aim for certain progressions. And then, you know, in gymnastics, I had a girl who gymnastics comes very easy for some and not very easy for others. And some bars comes easy, but floor doesn't, beam comes easy and vault doesn't, you know, it really depends on your body type. And um, anyway, so I coached an athlete that I started coaching her when she was 12 coached her all the way through till she retired her senior year. And she is very strong, but she did not have quick twitch muscles at all. And you really need that for vault and floor. You know, you need the power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you have slow twitch muscles, you're not getting off of springboarding. Your, your flip is not going to go very high, which means mm-hmm. you can't add a second and you can't add more twisting. So it was important that she worked on it. And she just had this drive to be like, what is holding me back? And so she approached me with two other athletes and we did this little experiment because I was actually in school for kinesiology back then. And this was a long time ago, so I don't remember the context, but something about how much more efficient it is working out in the morning, especially after you just wake up, right? And something the way your body processes and mm-hmm. versus the evening. So we did an experiment with these three athletes. We tested a max reps, pull-ups, all strict because gymnastics, we don't really swing a whole lot of things, but um, pull-ups, push-ups. And I can't remember the other thing we did. And I feel like, oh, flexibility. We tested splits and all that stuff. Measured everybody on angles. We noted down the reps. And then I took three other athletes with similar body types as these three individually. And we compared them after six weeks or no, three months, I think, of doing the same progression. So I had three of them do it at night and three of them do it. Your own study, huh? Yes. And uh, the three that went in the morning increased by like 11% more than the ones who did it at night. So anyways, this girl's work ethic was just so good. And she would come in and stay late and sometimes got a little bit obsessive. I can relate to that though. I had to like tone her down a bit to make sure she didn't overtrain. but she was a very, she turned into a very good vaulter and tumbler specifically working on those quick twitch muscles. So it was like this really good reward to watch. And then we all switched gyms and she had different coaches who didn't focus as much on the quick twitch and she lost it so quickly. But she really had to train her body with something that wasn't natural for her. And she excelled in it after that. You know, mm. so it's possible just because you're not a natural at something doesn't mean you can't get good at it. Mm. 
He's going to find someone that, uh, that will teach you and that's what yeah. wants to teach you. Yeah. And then stick with the program and then yes. you'll get there. <laughs> Be consistent. That's the secret. So, you know, a lot of people actually do come in and women in particular, and, you know, they want to work out, but they're fearful for them to get really big muscles. Mm -hmm. Do you get that? Do people asking you questions? Yeah, so, a little bit. I mean, I just, in that case. What do you, what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, it depends on their body type, right? If they have the naturally muscular body, the mesomorph, then of course they're probably going to build a little bit faster. And then we would just change the rep scheme. I think if that was really their focus or they were really worried, but if I think about CrossFit, it's more about the intensity combined with the weightlifting. I really believe to get so bulky, you need to do some accessory work and put in that extra time. You know, um, that's my personal belief on it. And also my experience, I do have a naturally muscular body and I do have to do a lot of extra work to keep that. And especially at my age, the older I get, but if they're really, really concerned, I don't want to shy them away from coming. I want them to come and see that, you know, I mean, also don't be scared of appearing as if you work hard, but I think come in and see how this is because it's not that everybody's going to get bulky in six weeks because we don't do that type of rep scheme. We really are about getting your heart rate up, long-term cardiovascular health and functional strength. So mm. I think we can always modify your weight to fit someone's needs. Also, uh, there's a nutrition point aspect to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you really want to get bigger muscles or if, mm -hmm. if you, yeah, you would have to increase your, your caloric intake and, yeah. and you have so to hit certain nourish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. then if you're not doing that, then you're not going to get so big. Right. I think a lot of people get that confused. I mean, everyone thinks that, shoot, I really need to work out so that I can get lean, but that's only 20 to 30% of getting lean. Really? I mean, you do have to get your heart rate up a few days a week to get leaner and your body needs exercise to stay healthy and you have to burn calories. But really it's, they say abs are made in the kitchen. That's so true. I mean, mm -hmm. even people who do my program that they're my eating program that don't work out at all will have some results without working out. You know, it's really about what you eat. So that's the other thing. If they're worried about getting too bulky, um, if they're not super lean, the muscles won't typically be super defined anyways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there's also, you know, people coming in, wanting to work out, unsure if CrossFit's for them. Mm -hmm. Can you start CrossFit without any experience? I mean, obviously you did, but you had mm -hmm. an athletic background. Uh, what are your thoughts of someone starting with minimal experience in CrossFit? I still think it's good. I mean, I like how we have it set up with the, the five, you know, intro sessions to get those basic movements down. But I absolutely think there's always something we can modify. I mean, if you're not ready for any weight on the bar, then use just the bar. And we even have the trainer bar, right? Which is 20 pounds to 30 pounds lighter than the regular bar and um, PVC pipe, if you're not even ready for that. I mean, I just think there's always a way to modify to mm -hmm. some sort of workout in as fresh as you can be. I mean, perfect example, we have a couple newer members that have expressed they just really want to get better in better shape and really it's important to them to lose some of the weight they have you know and to watch them try and to give them modifications that work and then say hey how does that feel don't push yourself too hard here's where we you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i think it's a great start i think so it can take you from zero to 60 in a long period of time if you want to you know it doesn't have to be very quick mm -hmm. um, but i think it can take you from zero to 60 where other programs can't always do that yeah 
you know? and you're, you're going to be doing a, a whole mix of different movements within the CrossFit. What's fun about it is even just, yeah, everyone is able to do the same workout, but we're all scaling to or modifying to what's best for us. Right. Uh, but we're still doing the same kind of theme workout. And then we all, we start together and then we all finish together. So mm. that's what makes it pretty fun. Even the higher reps, we have a, a different program where they could add more weight, the RX plus if they are at the elite level, but they're still working out at the same time as these other people that are just starting out, maybe this is right. their first week. Um, but yes, we, yeah. we definitely have the uh, intro sessions to have them start and um, get familiar with the movements, the technique for safety. And then, I mean, then it'll be a continually a work in progress in the classes getting coached, but at least you, they get the, the foundations and the knowledge uh, initially of what form they should watch out for. And then yeah. we could help them out um, in the sessions uh, throughout the month. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't want people to be scared because at some point, even after the five sessions, you do get thrown to the wolves, but at least you have a trainer there that knows that you're being thrown to the wolves and they know kind of how to help you. But at some point in life and everything, we get thrown to the wolves and you have to learn on site like by experience. And if you never get in there, six months later, you'll be like, oh, I wonder where I could have been if I started this six months ago versus finally going in and just starting. Mm -hmm. I think uh, facing our fears is life and CrossFit. And right? <laughs> I don't know, I just think it's part of it. You have to get to that edge of uh, being uncomfortable, a little bit uncomfortable, but that's going to help us grow. Yeah. So we also have a boot camp program. What would you say is the biggest difference between the boot camp boot camp program and then the CrossFit? Um, I would say boot camp is a bit more cardio and core intensive. No matter which class or whose class you take, I think it's just a lot more focused on even higher intensity. CrossFit, we do this strength regimen typically. And then after that, we do a shorter high intensity workout where you're still kind of getting that combination of the metabolic conditioning. But boot camp, it's a little bit longer, whether you're doing circuit training or a CrossFit style. Metcon, I still think it's going to be a bit longer. You're getting your heart rate up a little more. The weights are a little bit lighter to start, not to say you can't push yourself to go heavier. In fact, I've incorporated a little bit of barbell work um, twice a week with my boot camp, and they're really enjoying that challenge of seeing just kind of where their baseline is and then working towards something heavier. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the biggest difference. It's not necessarily a program strength regimen, it's more of like an introduction to this barbell. Let's see how heavy we can go for now. Mm -hmm. work on the high intensity for the longer period of time, get our core strong. Cause you know, you can't really lift heavy unless your core is strong. Anyways, it's not good for yeah. you. So I would say that's probably the difference. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. So if you're looking for more fat burn, um, less emphasis on the strength for sure. Like bootcamp could be a nice start um, mm -hmm. option, get the foundation um, and then moving on potentially maybe to CrossFit. Yeah. So, so you, we did a nutrition challenge. You started it for the start of the year. It, it mm -hmm. finished maybe three weeks ago or so. Um, How'd that go? It went well. I, well, I think the hardest part for everyone is sticking with it. And I, my whole goal is trying to keep as many people as possible to stay the entire eight weeks. And why I do eight weeks is because 12, I think for a lot of people is long. And especially if you really struggle with the discipline of food, which I do, I absolutely do. Uh, it's kind of why I made it. Eight I, she's also, uh, she bakes cupcakes and really good cupcakes. And you say you're, you struggle with discipline of food, but you cook all this cupcakes, but not even eat a single bite of it. So that shows that to me, that shows discipline. Yeah. Well, if it's, so if, it, if I'm eating clean, if I'm in an, a, a certain week long clean eating challenge for myself, then no, I don't eat a bite of it. Um, I have kids who have <laughs> three kids and they all love the sugar. If I am not eating clean, I absolutely taste what I make. But the reason why I don't 
I give away all my extras specifically so that I don't eat it. <laughs> I just taste what I make because I make up random flavors. You know, I do make a lot of cakes for people. That was sort of a COVID side hustle. But um, yeah, so I chose eight weeks because I felt like because I struggle with food, I'm pretty picky. Um, I struggle with food, meaning I like to eat freely, right? I don't, um, I do have a discipline that's internal that like I would, I don't drink coffee and soda in the same day because it's too much sugar or meaning I put a lot of sugar in coffee. Um, so I do have some level of discipline internal that I won't go over certain boundaries. I don't eat a certain amount of things with sugar in it because I got sick as a kid and I'm nervous to do that again, you know, whatever. But getting people to stick with it because you really, you don't have to prep your food. You can order it, but it is expensive. It is a bit of maintenance to count your calories and to prep your food. It takes a long time and it takes a lot of thought until you have a few weeks of meals that you feel comfortable cycling. You know, it is a lot of work. And um, so the reason why I started this program is because it's, it's an online platform, you know, so people can do it remotely. You don't have to be somewhere the group setting, it gives you this constant encouragement. If somebody's posting their meals, you kind of feel like, oh, shoot, I should should do one. I should make one. I should post one. Or, oh, that person's eating clean. I need to stay with it. Um, And then I do contests along the way to make sure people are, hey, you have two hours to post your lunch. Send a picture. You got to take a selfie with it. You know, then they're kind of held accountable to like, I was going to cheat today, but all right, fine. I'll, I'll make that meal so I can post and be part of the contest. So I would say I'm confident out of, I think we had 16 people, maybe 15. I know for sure of seven that finished all the way through. So Mm -hmm. almost 50% is one of the higher numbers. Honestly, it's really hard to get people to stick with it. We also do the sexy by summer, which is a 12 week pro, you know, we've done that before in the past at the gym. That's 12 weeks long. With a big reward. You throw a buy-in. Yeah. It's a huge reward to whoever wins it, gets all the cash. So that's a huge incentive, right? And we did have quite a few people stick with it last year, but it's, still never 100%. I mean, it's very hard to get people to stay with this high maintenance. And for me, I am a picky eater. I don't eat seafood. I just don't love it at all. And there are a lot of things I don't eat. And um, so I was trying to find something where I didn't really have to eliminate everything because I feel like when you go, some people can just go cold turkey and switch their mindset and, and go to this new fad or diet. But um when you're done with it, you just go back to how you were. So I felt like if I find something where you don't have to leave much out. More realistic, less of a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really do. I ate, um, I'm eating clean right now for 10 more weeks. And I had beef pot roast yesterday and sweet potato mash and these really well seasoned and buttery green beans, you know, but that's okay because it fits within what I'm doing. And I, um, so that's kind of why I chose the program I did. So I just sort of tested it out on people. We've had people have pretty good results. And out of the seven that stayed with it, four or five at least told me their numbers and they all had weight loss of some sort. Everybody was going for weight loss in the situation, not, not uh, lean muscle. I offer both. A mm. um, little bit different on the math with the food and the calories and the macros and stuff when you're doing weight loss versus lean muscle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of my boot campers, I think she's down 11 pounds and, She's so happy that she's going to keep going on her own. And a couple other members that wanted to start now, right? I mean, I'm cleaning, so I just sort of jumped them in the group. And uh, we're at least going to try it because I have to keep going for 10 weeks by myself too. And that's very hard for me. I don't have anyone with me. The only reason why I'm going to keep going is because I have an end event that I want to be a certain for, right? So. I have to keep myself going too. So yeah, so it's really just that group atmosphere to help each other 
again, just like you said earlier, helping to hold us accountable because if yeah. we're by ourselves, it's easy to kind of push it aside and just uh, break the rules. Yeah. Did you making time to prep the food? That's so big. Yeah. Having that um, time. Yeah. That's where the, the meal prepping um, and making the time, that's where I see the most benefit because it's easy to, uh, you know, once you're hungry, just start snacking on stuff because you're already hungry, but you're in the meantime cooking. So then by the end of the time you're done cooking, you're kind of ate two meals already. And, you know, I used to do this thing where once I got busy with my kids, which was always, but (laughs) I've done meal prepping and I've also done, okay, I'm going to cook because I didn't like cooking all weekend and then cooking a meal for my kids each night because I don't like to just microwave some food either. So I tried cooking a larger portion of something I would eat and then boxing up the rest in the appropriate portions Mm. But I still, if I waited until I got hungry to cook, same thing. Like I wouldn't have the discipline. I needed something fast that wasn't necessarily yeah. right. So in a lot of another thing that I focus on in my nutrition program is because I'm so busy and I have to run my kids everywhere, it's faster meals, stuff that you can throw together really quick that is mm. also healthy and okay. you're still not breaking your waistline and the bank. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Because we're all busy for sure. Mm-hmm. So did you do the body spec? We had a, a truck uh, last week that measured our our body fat, muscle, and um, bone density. Um, I did do it. I you did, did do it? Okay. I didn't sign up ahead of time. Oh, you did? Okay. I so. wanted to. I just, um, so I, I signed up the day of. I wanted to do it ahead of time, but I just didn't know what my schedule okay. was. Okay. So I'm glad I got in. So this is your first time doing it? It is. And my plan is, since I was on week three of my program, I'm going to go do another scan at week 14 when I'm done. Okay. Yeah. We're trying to do another date. I don't know what that, June, 10 weeks. Um, I think I'm done like the last week of May or the first of June is when I'm okay when I'm done with the program. Um, and I had signed up for the membership. So he just told me if it's not at the gym at that time, he told me kind of how I can find yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. It's a good way just to see where you're at and then, uh, you know, work for me. I like objective uh, measurements. So yeah. seeing the numbers and yeah, for some people it works. So it's helpful. And what's helpful too is even the bone density. I mean, I That's didn't realize. I mean, I wanted the body fat percent because of what I'm doing right now, but I wanted the bone density because of my age. Really was curious. Yeah. So it's helpful. Yeah. Cool. So with another project that you're doing, you're doing a sensory arcade device. Mm-hmm. Could you tell the viewers a little bit more about what that is? Yeah. So my daughter with special needs, she has Down syndrome. And then six years later, which is pretty late, diagnosed with severe autism. So she's 13 now, nonverbal, and she does all these behaviors like just socially awkward behaviors it's called stimming um and there are really things that her body needs to give her this input so that she's satisfied like how this whole project started was she was hitting her wall at bedtime just mm-hmm. hitting her wall and it was so irritating for us you know until she fell asleep so her therapist was telling me you really need to find something she can do before bed that gives her that input and see if she does it less over time so something to hit her hand on and just being an engineer and having fun toys in my garage. I have this big arcade dome button. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to, she loves arcades. She loves Dave and Buster's as loud and crazy. as Oh yeah. I can take her. Maybe is it the lights? Possibly, possibly. Cause she's actually willing to drown out any sound sensitive information, like anything that makes her crazy sound wise. She, you'd act like you'd mm. never notice it there. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to make her this fun little game where she would just have to keep hitting this button over and over. And I was going to attach it to a motor that makes, makes this spin, spinner spin, right? And then as I was developing it, I found all these things that I've learned in just doing therapy with her 
I have aspects of communication in there, the way she exchanges icons to communicate with me. I was able to emulate that. She has the hitting thing. So it's a tabletop arcade. It's just like a spin and win. She swipes a little card. Spinner goes crazy and she hits the button. So she's getting the hitting in there. While the spinner is spinning, there's like this auditory sound that's actually very sensitive to her. And she's going to want to shut that off. And you can volume control that. So mm-hmm. the whole point of it is to take data on what are we starting at, like zero. And in six months, what volume level are we at? Can she tolerate more? So as this noise is going and she wants to stop it, she has to hit the button to stop it. So the button flashes, but what's on that button is the universal icon that she would give me if she wants a break. It's, it's all done. It's a sign for all done. Mm-hmm. So that's engraved in the button. So it's like reinforcing for her to see, oh, I'm requesting for this to stop. So she's getting the hitting and she's getting that reinforcer and the auditory, like the cause and effect going. And the swiping the card is just like her communication style. She has to match two icons. She has to tell the game she wants to play. So when she stops, the sound immediately stops. And then she's like, okay, I'm rewarded. You know, she gets rewarded with a, a preferred song that she loves. So we have this reel of her favorite songs. So every time she plays, it's going to play her favorite. So now she has an something enticing her to continue to play because she knows she's going to get those fun songs at the end. So it's a sensory yeah. arcade. The The card that she swipes is she matches two icons kind of to teach her to communicate, but it's also attached to that coil chain that she can chew on while she plays. So she's getting that oral motor stimulation as well to hopefully get her to stop chewing her shirt. Cause for a while there between ages 11 and 12, all her shirts had holes here because she's constantly just mm. chewing to get that. And stimulation. So we give her that quail chain all the time and she doesn't chew her shirt anymore. So how often would you have her use this? I would probably like the hitting in bed is not necessarily an issue anymore, which is awesome. But I would, I would just play with like 20 minutes a day even so that she's constantly getting desensitized by the auditory sound. The goal is to get her into a crowd of people and not yell or hurt or cry. You know, mm-hmm. that would be like a really good goal. I mean, every time there's a party at someone's house and they say, bring the kids, let's play. That's like one of my biggest fears as a mom with an autistic mm-hmm. child. Cause I'm like, I, it's so scary for me. Cause she's going to hurt somebody, be aggressive because something's too loud. I have to keep her close to me. I can't tend to my other little one. And I would love to take her to a party and just have her hang out, you know? Yeah. So being she's working on it. That'd be yeah. awesome. Have you ever used this on someone else? Well, my typical developing preschooler loves it. So we are going to add features so that typical kids can play it too. There's going to be like a, a counter and a scorekeeper on the display, um, future flavors of the device so that anybody can really play it. But no, the whole point is to build 20 of them. And uh, I do have therapists and school teachers that are like, as soon as it's done, let me have it. And we're going to do 20 beta testers with the same data tracking system for everybody. And we're going to hopefully see these graphs improve over time with them using it. So it's really catered to Sierra, but a lot of kids have multiple sensory needs like this that it'll help. Yeah. Even, um, even with like foods though, like, uh, the textures, right? Like, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. um, I mean, you know, some, some kids even like to, uh, not wear shoes at all. Right. Yeah, um, Sierra takes her shoes off everywhere. So yeah. Or even just be naked or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And a lot of it is sensory sensitivity, but I mean, if they're not autistic, then we, we just think it's just them. You know what I mean? But, if they're autistic, it feels like there's an excuse for everything. I don't know. There's always something. And I just want to get away from that. I would love her to be as normal as possible. And she happens to be pretty severely autistic. And so I, in my engineering brain, I'm a fixer. How can I change this? Yeah. I can't. 
you're so talented. I mean, you're awesome. You do everything. Um, you're so inspiring. You know, busy mom. Um, you do have the electro electrical engineering. You have this project. You coach. You bake. Um, no, but it's it's fun to to see you. Uh, um, really being able to make an impact on um, other people. Really, what you're doing with coaching and um, with your projects, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people um, when people get to see this a little bit more. Even Thank you should. You. I, I really. Uh, is there a video where you could watch this device? There is. I have a link to it. I don't know if you want to. Um, it's on YouTube. I also have a campaign fundraising page that I'm doing to try to build these 20 and get it out. Okay. Get it out there. I am actively, I'm an LLC now, actively searching for funding to make this a company. But on the campaign page, there is a link to the video and people can watch her play it and listen to my science that I all just, that I just explained. But okay. Yeah. What is your, uh, what is your YouTube uh, channel? Um, I'd have, I'd have to probably send it to you to post somewhere. I don't know. We can put on the show notes. Um, if anything, um, we'll, ha we'll have you say your email and everything. So if okay. someone is, has particular interest for sure, they could email yeah. you as well. But it's just Shelly Evans. I'm looking yeah. at my account now. Okay. Shelly Evans. <laughs> so uh, Shelly is spelled S-H-E-L-L-Y. Anyway, it's on there. And then, yeah, if, if anybody wants to email me, I can just send them the link. But for sure, I can okay. share it as much as possible because we're really looking to get these built pretty quickly. Awesome. So what advice would you give someone that um, is on the fence about starting a workout program? What would you, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say if you don't start at all, you'll never know. And you have to start somewhere, no matter how small, even mm -hmm. if you just take a walk every day, you've got to start somewhere. And I think what I found with, I've dropped into a lot of CrossFit gyms and been at ours for almost 12 years. And I, I don't think they will get judged anywhere they go. If they go to a CrossFit gym, I think they will be welcome with open arms, no matter where they start. And I think people just, just do need it. to step in to try. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on, for your time. I Thank know you inspire a lot of people. So again, yeah. so where can they reach you if they want to contact you? Um, so my email is Shelly, again, S-H-E-L-L-Y at CrossFitOfFremont.com. Well, thank you so much. Uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. You know, even thinking about it, I've never seen you do any flips. Can you still do, can you still do like a backflip? I can, but not on a hardwood floor. I like won't, but... <laughs> Give me a trampoline. I'll throw 20 of them. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see some of your... I see her gymnast skills with the bar muscle-ups, the pull-ups, yeah. everything. She's really good, but I want to see a flip. So yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay. We'll post it on tag. I'm, now I just make my daughter do it all. But it's funny <laughs> because the, the thing about gymnasts is the thing we get asked is, can you do a flip? And, you know, there's a technical name for them, front tuck, back tuck, back lift, uh -huh. right? So gymnasts get all, not a flip, but I say flip now because... We just cater to the world, but yeah, <laughs> one day I'll, I'll. Okay, perfect. I wish I could still do my back handspring. That's what I would do before when I was a kid. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> so fun. When I do them, I hurt for days, but they're so fun. So so fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shelly. I'll see you later. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. But wait, we want to keep you updated and continue to be inspired and motivated. Follow us on our Instagram page at Ecola Strong. We'll see you on the next episode.